Hello? Hello? Is this thing... Is this thing on? Me, it's Garrett. Oh, okay, ready, ready. Okay, let's go, let's go. Let's snowball. Hi, Gareth. Morning. How are things in Toronto? It snowed a little bit. Toronto is beautiful in the snow. Well, it might have been a quiet week for us, but there's been lots going on in the news. Did you catch the inauguration, also known as the Gaga concert? I did love it. I think, you know, as gay people, we're going to be okay. He chose Gaga. He chose J-Lo. Katy Perry, did you see the Katy Perry firework? I just want to hire the gay that organized the entertainment and the gay that organized the fireworks to organize my life. I think it was the guys from Queer Eye that organized the inauguration, wasn't it? Are you actually serious? Uh, no, I'm making that up. <laughs> okay, I've got some funny things that also happened to me this week. So firstly, I went to my local butcher. I love her. She said that she listens to our podcast. Your butcher listens to your podcast. She's lovely. How did she know about the podcast? Oh, she follows me on Instagram. So her Instagram handle is hilarious. She's Citrus Elba. <laughs> She's great. She's actually Asian too. She's this amazing little Asian woman. And get this, she went the step further to show her support. And she said that she subscribed. As should everyone. The highest form of support is a subscription. And extra bonus points if you tell your friends. Go subscribe, tell your family, friends, boyfriends, girlfriends, and definitely your enemies. Random hookups, pets, anyone. Not that you should be hawking up. Oh, no, that's off the table. With you. But do you know what I also heard from a friend? I haven't actually been on any dating apps this whole time. Since when? Last time on Grindr, March last year. Is your profile still active? Maybe they'll boot you off for just not having enough sex. The next time I try to like resubscribe, they're like, no, everything's closed over. There is nothing for you here. Leave. Get out of here. Scram. Anatomically, you are not sexually viable anymore. Go ride a horse. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> and then come back. Now I'm ready. <laughs> Focus, what's your dating app story? Oh my God, I forgot. No, I wasn't talking about dating apps. Hookups. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We're talking about how to tell your hookups about our podcast. Yeah. My friend was saying, who is still active on apps, that people are doing more um, like cam sex. I'm like, that's very responsible of people. I, I enjoy that. I think like people are making do. How's your cam sex experience? Okay, so I don't have the full setup. You have a ring light. I do have a ring light. Oh, I never thought of that. Okay, so at least I got lighting sorted. I have audio. I have my micro my microphone. Testing, testing. Is this thing on? Next step camera. How about you? I am not a huge fan of the cam sex. Early on in lockdown, you remember the sex party in Vauxhall called SBN where everyone gets naked on a Sunday afternoon? Yes. Very good. One of my favourites. Anyway, so obviously they had to close down, but they took it online. And so they were having sort of online get naked sessions with everyone. And I gave that a try. I enjoyed it, but... I'm not really that much of a performer, I think. So I felt a little 
unsure of how to position myself in the whole context of it. You're not a performer. I don't agree with that. With a few drinks, maybe, but not not on a Sunday afternoon with the neighbors looking. I got one more thing for you that happened to me this week, which I'm also very excited about. So I was at work. <laughs> I was treating my patient. And part of the assessment is to also always ask, do you, have you gone and got any scans done or have you like had any x-rays done just so that we know if there has been any diagnostics done? And he said, yes. And then he, he was like, here, just look at my phone. And I was like, okay. He gave me his phone very willingly. And I wonder if this is straight culture because as gay men, you don't give your phone to nobody. Anyway, he gave me his phone willingly and had the report on it but his camera roll was visible what did you see thick pics vag pics um but what kept on like distracting me from being able to read that he had whatever inflammation was the fact that there was like a gif and it was kept on it was like um two women eating each other out <laughs> who does that well, women do that, obviously. And <laughs> I mean, who gives their phone knowing willingly? Oh, oh, now we're on the same thing. Of course, women do. Okay, that's my week. <laughs> Your week's been more exciting than mine. The only sort of highlight of my week uh, was I, I somehow managed to tell one of my clients that I love him. <laughs> you do do that a lot, though. We joke about this. But you, some, somebody would do this, and then under your breath, you go, I love this one just came out and it's not even true. Like he, I'm not even his type. He only dates DJs, but we were on a call and he, he's French. So he talks quite quickly and there was a, telling me lots of information, all quite good news. And I think if I kind of just ran out of affirmative things to say, you know, I was sort of saying, Oh, great. Fantastic. That's such good news. Great. Talk to you later. See you soon. And I just sort of finished. I just sort of ran things and said, love you. And you know, then he, <laughs> then he hung up. <laughs> It's like it's like when you're a kid and you tell your teacher that you love them. Or call them mum. <laughs> anyway, well, we did talk a bit last week about your brilliant idea for an Only Dan's subscription channel. And I got quite a few Dan's contacting me to say that they wanted to subscribe to Only Dan's. So there's definitely a market for, for this. The problem as well is that these Dan's that subscribe, they have to also be content creators themselves because it's Dan's. Dan on Dan, dick down, Dan, the Dan Dan. <laughs> it sells itself. I love it. Anyway, let's move on. So looking back, when did you sort of start to realize that, oh, I was so gay? I think probably what, year four, year five. Okay, so year six, I definitely hit puberty. I remember that. I hit puberty when all the women hit puberty. That was so awkward. I didn't get my period, so everyone else like knew what was going on, but I didn't. But definitely my voice dropped. So Wait, your voice has dropped? How dare you? <laughs> I'm sorry, continue. Um, my, yeah, my voice dropped in year six, but I, um, Baywatch. Let's talk about Baywatch. The Hasselhoff? No, David Chokichi. Oh my God. <laughs> he was the swimmer. And I was like, oh my God, I'm a swimmer. I relate. But 
there's like that opening scene where they do the roll call of all the cast members and he like pushes himself out of the pool the water dripping down the front of the swimsuit you just <laughs> people can't see this but you're just like nodding like like yes 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 like that really for me i was like oh my god i can't get enough of this and then because i was like a swimmer um people were like making um file covers so putting like pictures of like things that they liked on their files so like i don't know i guess some guys might have put like FHM. Do you remember FHM even still around? I don't think so. Or like Nuts magazine, that kind of thing. Maxim. Yeah, or you'd put football players on, wouldn't you? Like... Yes. I had I just put like a ton of like there was a swimming magazine out. So I used to like cut out the swimmers and then stick them on my file. But deep down I was like, I don't care for any of these women swimmers. I just want like there's like one who's like he was a sprinter from like New Zealand, I can't remember. But there was like a big like a four tear out of him and he's like right bang smack in the center and back in the day i was like i guess you didn't really inter- so I, I was just like i like this i like this in many ways on many levels i don't really know why this speaks to me yeah yeah a man in a speedo is speaking to me <laughs> okay so how about for you was there like any moment looking back on it now when you're like as a kid oh my god that was like so gay yeah, definitely. For me it was watching ballet on the TV. Like my parents were watching something and I saw these guys in tights dancing and I announced very loudly and confidently that I would like to be a ballet dancer. And which took my parents a bit by surprise, but they've been very supportive of my dance ambitions. Uh, and uh, that was where it all began. On this topic, one more I want to share a story as well. <laughs> So I obviously have a gay brother. He says that he listens to this, but he doesn't. So this will really test him whether he actually listens or not. Um, so one Christmas, we were sitting on the couch and watching TV and Cher's Greatest Hits, the album, like blasted on the screen. And it was like, do you believe in love? And then it did all of the others, like gypsies, tramps and these. I'm trying to list off five Cher songs, like off the top of my head to show that I'm a real Cher fan in case RuPaul ever asked me. Get to the gay brother story. So he said, oh, I'd really like that. And... Like, I only got $5 of pocket money a month, like, back then. And, what well, probably, I think I was about 12, 13. So, albums, CD albums, cost at least 30 Australian dollars back then. So, I saved my money and bought it for him for Christmas. And he opened it on Christmas. And then he had the gall to turn to me and say, what is this? And I was like, you said that you liked it. We were watching TV. And you said that you wanted this. And he's like, I don't want this. What am I going to do with this? How am I, what am I gonna, I don't even like Cher. And I'm like, but you said you like Cher. And like now, honey. The biggest Cher fan. I bet he could name five Cher songs. And then, get this, he was like, oh, okay, I guess, we'll, I guess we better listen to it then. And every Christmas we used to drive like for two hours to visit like one of dad's like old family friends out of Perth. Yeah, there and back, four hours on repeat. And that's what made him gay. Yeah. Tell me about it. Um, I want to continue to work on the erotic gay novel that we've been talking about over the last few weeks. Now, just to recap, the story is called Mountain Men. 
Robbie's gone to visit his uncle Walt. Walt lives in a remote part of the Canadian mountains and both uncle and nephew have got a thing for the next door neighbor, Aiden. Now, where we left the story last time was getting down to the nitty gritty. Who does what to whom? And we asked our listeners for some suggestions. Did we get any submissions? So um, Brian from Sydney said that he wanted to see Aiden as a dom top and Robbie as a sub bottom and Uncle Walt as a bit of a switch hitter. Up for anything. <laughs> I like that. I think that's good. Definitely got potential. I'm not going to lie. I actually have never been with a real dom top or a like absolute like pig slut bottom. You're too chatty for a dom top, aren't you? Are you talking about that I could never be a dom top or that I couldn't be a be with a dom top because I'm too chatty? I don't, well, I'm just projecting, but I don't think you could be with a dom top because they would need to put a ball gag on you. Do you have to be silent when you're with a dom top? No, but obedient. I'm not obedient. I don't like to get in trouble. Maybe if it was like, if you don't do this, I'm going to tell your mum. <laughs> That's a different fantasy. <laughs> what about you? Have you been with a dom top? Uh, no, no. I don't really like being told what to do. Have you ever played the role of Dom Top? Do you think you have Dom Top in you? I don't have that energy. Not at all. Or the outfit. You'd need like a fair bit of leather going on just to get started, I think, don't you? Oh, I only own pleather. I can't afford leather. Although I do remember when we went to um, into Germany in Berlin, like the Berg, Bergheim, Bergain. You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, underneath is laboratory, right? And every night they have the categories of like what fetish. And I think they actually did have leather night and pleather night. Because if you're if you want leather, pleather don't cut it. So you can't bring your pleather outfit. So they basically had two nights. I guess it's like a rich and a poor night. No, exactly. Because leather's really expensive. But also the Germans take this kind of thing very seriously. <laughs> okay, sub bottom, sub bottom. I haven't been with a sub-bottom either. And I know people are going to be like, well, how can two bottoms get together? That's the joke. That's not the joke. <laughs> I guess I've seen that in action, you know, at various parties or clubs or whatever, you, or in like in a bathhouse or something, but I've never been that person. No, but I'm also wondering, like, I feel like everyone gives sub-bottoms like, a bit of a like it's a not a bad name but they joke about it all the time but i feel like what's the point of joking about it especially that everyone has a role to play without sub bottoms they can't be dom tops no exactly but also i think that's changing a bit hopefully isn't it i mean that's sort of tied up with that whole mask for mask bullshit and some sort of top superiority complex but you know you talk about power bottoms bottoms are where the real power is i reckon Moving on, we haven't even um, helped you solve your problem yet. No, I did get an email from Pascal from Brighton. Following your sort of line of thinking, he wanted to flip Aiden's total top energy so that instead we get to see him as the muscle bottom. You know, just a guy with a big ass who needs that itch scratched. That could work. Oh, if it's itchy, there's a cream for that. You don't need to write that in. Aiden was fucking Robbie. Then he flipped over wanting to get fucked by Walt. Meanwhile, he needed to get his itch cream before they started. No, you're right. When you put it like that, it does kind of kill the mood a little bit. Candida. 
a real killer of the mood. Erotic gay fiction as sexual health education. If you experience any of these symptoms, please see your doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Do you know what also just got into my mind then? Like the actual scene, can we use like the barnyard? Can someone be slung up? Can somebody be hoisted? Yes. Yes, the same kind of like, um, you know, when they transport dolphins? They're in the Canadian mountains. What are they doing transporting dolphins? They're on the, like some black market dolphin trade. You never know. Uncle Walt's a little bit funny like that. <laughs> He's a kooky one. <laughs> oh, there's kooky Uncle Walt. He loves his women's and his men's. And his dolphins. <laughs> so smooth. Like butter. Like butter. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to know what we have to talk about next. Like, do they have multiple then hookup? Like, is there heartbreak? No, that's a really good question. I think we need some drama and some danger and some sort of, you know, cliffhanger potential with this story. Like, literally, they're in the Canadian mountains. Like, will he be hanging off a cliff while he gets fucked? Yes. Could there be a bear attack? Of actual, like, a gang of, like, gay bears. And then they all have sex. Yes. All right, let's move on. Obviously, we're contractually obliged to talk about Drag Race. There's, again, a lot to talk about. Let's start with the UK show. To be honest, we don't want to repeat anything that you're going to hear on any other podcast. So I'm going to read this out from my good discussion with my friend Luke. He said, Veronica Green is a total dirty pig. You can tell that he would come across really well to parents, but you know he's a proper little piss slut. And I hearted that. I think he's right. <laughs> I didn't get that necessarily from the show, but I guess if you know if you're picking up on that energy, that's that's a valid conclusion to draw. I mean, speaking of filthy, I'm really loving Bimini Bumble Lash's energy. It's very messy, very East London, very. 4am in a warehouse somewhere, no one knows what's going on. What am I even looking at? I'm, enjoy I'm enjoying the series overall, though. It's a good cast. And I think everyone is going to agree right now that UK Drag Race is actually probably a little bit more exciting than US Drag Race. It feels a little more unpredictable, I guess. And I like that. Okay, so let's move on to the US version. What did you think of that? I was really rooting for her. I was rooting. I was. We were all rooting for her. We were all rooting for her. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Kimura. It wasn't her week, was it? It was not. She went out with a good outfit, though. That runway was pretty spectacular. Obviously, always the favorite is Tamisha. And in that early part of the episode... <gasps> okay, I'm going to stop you there. I don't know what was on my brain. But I was visited by Tamisha Iman last night in my dreams. Garish, I had a dream about Tamisha Iman. What was she wearing? Like, I didn't see her. What, just felt her presence? You know, in dreams where, like, it doesn't even need to be the person, it's them. You just know in your dream, that's them. What did she say to you? She didn't say anything apart from... <laughs> I wrote it down because I was like, I need to talk about this. Stuff. Tamisha Iman is coming for you. Tamisha Iman is coming for you. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's coming. She's coming. And that was the end of the dream? 
Okay, so like that went on for a while, but I'm on the street. It's very dark from a distance. Tamisha Iman is coming for you. Tamisha Iman is coming for you. Tamisha Iman is coming for you. Meanwhile, a black Mercedes Benz van speeds up, all black, windows blacked out, skids, does a Tokyo Drift style. <laughs> back doors fling open the wording gets louder and seen i wonder what that means she's coming she's coming to abduct you oh i could only wish my favorite tamisha Oman moment this week was uh when elliot was trying to stir up some drama and tamisha goes all these chihuahuas around me and you're gonna come for the pit bull no man she ain't wrong though she ain't wrong though now, continuing my quest to try and give you a solid education in gay history, this week you've suggested that we take a look at Bob Mackie. Why was this someone you wanted to learn more about? Obviously, Kimura wore a lot of Bob Mackie. And Bob Mackie has been on the show before. And like, it's kind of like one of those things that you just say, oh yeah, I love Bob Mackie. I know, I know Bob Mackie. I don't know Bob Mackie. It's like when you, um, it's like those sayings, like a bird in hand is worth... Oh, a bird in hand gathers no moss. Like, no one really knows what that means. A rolling stone makes light work. I don't know. You just say it. You just know it. All right, well, let's do a quick recap on who Bob Mackie is and why we're always hearing about him, particularly in the context of drag races we've just been talking about. Okay, so he's a costume designer. And he began working for Paramount Studios in the early 1960s. And his career across the decades has, has been associated with some of the biggest names in show business. Mackie became known for creating an extravagant showgirl style of costume, which is perfect for female performers who are really looking to hold an audience's attention. And so he's worked for just about everyone, but he's probably best known for the costumes that he's created for Diana Ross and Cher. So even that Utica look that we saw on the runway this week, that's a Bob Mackie look. Mackie's best known for sort of Diana Ross. He began working with Diana Ross in in the 1960s and he's worked with her ever since. And, and the same with Cher, you know, their partnership spans over decades. If you think about Cher's sort of controversial dress that she wore to the Oscars, that was a Bob Mackie dress. The black one. The one where she looked like a whore. A vamp. Oh yeah, vamp, that's what I meant. Um, and I guess what's made Bob Mackie so successful is that you know, he's really got a signature look. It, it's a style of costume that makes women look glamorous and beautiful and makes them look and feel like they're stars. I hope they bring him back again. Like, some, I'm always surprised at, like, how terrible some of the guest judges were in early Drag Race, but then also what big names also did appear that never have come back again. Who are you thinking of? Well, I was kind of thinking, like, back in the day when Vanessa Williams was on, that's kind of a big deal. Like, Bob Mackie only came on once or twice. It would be cool if he did come back again. I was thinking that with the UK Drag Race, and they had, on this season, their guest judge for episode one was Liz Hurley. It's like, that's your A-lister? True, because, like, in the past, it's like Miley or Nikki on the US, right? But actually, I thought Liz Hurley did a really good job. She's got a very dry sense of humor. I've got to say, though, that Liz looked in good shape. Has she had some work done? I don't think so. You know that there's like always that thing, um, like RuPaul has very specific lighting for when she is behind the judges' panel. Like no one else gets that lighting. But I think 
maybe Liz had, you know, a little bit of a contact with the, the man upstairs. <laughs> this is the kind of lighting you need for your cam sets. Oh, not just the ring light. Maybe a softbox as well. Well, that's the end of this episode. Make sure to subscribe and tell your friends. We'll be back again soon for more snowballing and more gay nonsense. <laughs>